Welcome to Cosmic Tales Episode 7, a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. I'm Jesse Butler. And I'm Kit Paris. This episode, we are looking at Warlock 9 through 11, The Infinity Effect, and How Strange My Destiny, Part 1 and 2. Awesome. So I guess I can start. I made a little summary of the story from Gamora's perspective, because that always makes it more amusing. <laughs> when we last left our heroine and her companions, Adam Warlock and Pip the Troll, they came face to face with Magus in his throne room. Gamora makes telepathic contact with a mysterious ally who advises her to wait for the right moment to strike. Magus tells Warlock his terrifying history, that Magus is Warlock's future self thrown 5,000 years into the past. Magus plans to summon the in-betweener who will somehow trigger Warlock's transformation into the Magus. Gamora knows the time is right once Magus finishes his monologue. And even though she is trained since childhood for this moment, Magus is still too powerful and defeats both Gamora and Warlock. Magus sends for the in-betweener and then leaves them to their fate. Gamora's mysterious master decides to join them himself, stepping through a portal and reveals himself to be Thanos the Mad Titan. Hordes of Magus' followers assault the group. Gamora and the others escape into the underground complex, while Thanos holds off the attackers. After a touching moment between Warlock and the Matriarch, Thanos rejoins them and they teleport to Thanos' spaceship. We get a quick explanation of Gamora's background. Thanos saved her when the rest of her people were wiped out by Magus' followers. Thanos raised her and taught her to fight, so she would be the perfect assassin to slay Magus with. Unfortunately, that didn't work, and now the Magus and his forces have teleported inside Thanos' ship. During the ensuing fight, Gamora slips out an airlock to wait for things to settle out. Warlock is transported into the future where he can kill himself before he becomes the Magus. Gamora returns to Thanos, then begin planning their Magus-free future. Sound about right? Cool. <laughs> I, definitely more of the uh, Thanos can't seem to do anything right yes. kind of thing. <laughs> Spend all this well, time raising this perfect assassin and it doesn't really work out. <laughs> yeah, so issue nine is definitely mostly Magus telling Warlock about himself. Yes. So it's Warlock telling Warlock about himself in the future to himself in the past while discussing how to stop the future from becoming the future. I did like the part where Magus is just saying everything Warlock says in unison so that he can be like, yeah, no, this is really you, or I'm really you, I remember what happened. I remember everything, word for word. Well, it's one of his superpowers. It's great. I love that Pip calls Magus out about his hair. I'm trying to remember what page that was on. Uh, It's actually the first page. Holy gosh, that's the Magus. He looks just like you, except he's silver and has an electric hairdo. Electro hairdo. Electro, yes. Oh. Yeah. It was very hip for, this is what, 75, 76? So yeah, so most of issue 9, Gamora is just kind of off around behind the corner, waiting for the right moment to strike. And there's lots of mystique about who her master is. Although it's right around, I don't know, page 7 or so, you get kind of a half outline of his face. And you're like, oh wait, I recognize that helmet. Well, and there's kind of that purpley star shape that you right. would remember if you read the Thanos and Drax saga. It's great continuity. Yeah, well, this is all Jim Starlin, so he remembers what he wrote. <laughs> I do like, so after they finish the monologue time, Major says, you've got exactly 12 seconds before I summon the in-betweener, and then you've got this whole page that is counting down from 12 to 1. And the reason it's 12 seconds is because you can make a perfect layout of 3 by 4 panels oh. on page. Yeah, right? I thought it was part of that whole Marvel has an obsession with 12 conspiracy. And probably demon. that too, but it's mostly probably panel layout. I mean, you... no, it's beautiful. 
Yeah, it's great. It's, you know, Gamora, Warlock, Mages, Gamora, Warlock, Mages, Gamora, Warlock, Mages, Gamora, Warlock, Mages. So it kind of fits pretty well. They keep zooming in and you get some really close-ups of their eyes in the last three panels. <laughs> and the, the uh, Soul Stone. Yes. The Soul Gem. Yeah. And then Gamora fails. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh. For all that she has shown to be a badass assassin by, you know, kicking her butt all the way into this place. She, you know, the Magus is, you know, like 5,000 years old and really powerful, so. He knows some tricks. He knows how to fly casual. So yeah, so the final reveal at the end is Thanos appears and is like, no, I'm not dead. Also, I'm here to help. Definitely deus ex machina. Yeah, not that he does anything at this point. He just sort of shows up. And looks amazing. He does look pretty amazing. He's been working he's out. Got, yeah, he's got that chrysanthemum time. burst thing behind him, and uh, he has new boots, which are pretty cool. Yeah, he definitely feels broader than last time. Definitely more solid. Who is actually doing art here? Everything was by Jim Starlin. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I like the credits on this one. We have Fussing, Lynn Wine, Blotting, Steve Lialoa, Scribbling, Tom Orzakowski and everything else, Jim Starlin. So I believe that means pencils and colors and writing. So yes, it's I'm, very Jim. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sure you're right. No, I was going to say, yeah, I think that, that pencils, colors, writing. He's a, he's a powerhouse. He is a renaissance man. Which is interesting because later on when we get to Infinity Gauntlet, he just does the writing and all the art and stuff is someone else. But I wonder how many titles he was working on at the time. I should look that up. Well, if you consider the Infinity Gauntlet as an epic, then just that. But it was in like three or four titles at the same time. Because there's the actual Gauntlet, and then there's like the parallel stuff in Silver Surfer and other related tiles that make up the whole. Lots of crossovers in the far future. (laughs) Issue 10. I like how the credits on this one is a Wolfman, Starlin, Lealoha, or Zakowski production. That's it. They don't tell you who did what. Yeah, everybody gets their own, you know, it gets credit. It doesn't matter who did what. They all came together to make a kind of terrible issue. Yeah, this one is kind of, eh. Yes, 25,000 fanatics attack them, giving them lots of mooks to beat up. So they're fighting of hordes and hordes and hordes, and they get some great shots of, of hordes of guys to get beaten up, and they even get an exterior shot to show how many are piling into this palace. And Warlock is like... Well, there's subsections underneath, so we'll just burst through the floor and go down. And then Thanos stays behind to hold them off. And then we get, like, a page of recap. It's more like a page and a half, really. There's the one page, which at least, you know, it's got a lot of text on the left. But it does have at least a nice, good, like, solid piece of art on the right to kind of enjoy looking at that reminds you of all the things that he's done and we just talked about in the last issue. So... Yeah, it's a great visual timeline of issue nine. Well, uh, in Strange Tales, 180 to 178 to 180 or so. Whenever uh, 181 was when he was with the clowns, right? 180, 181? Yeah, so 180 with the judge. Now, before he breaks through the floor and we have, you know, holy exposition Star-Lord, I really love that they're literally fighting on top of the mountain of bodies that their dead enemies has created. Yeah, it's true. They just keep making a big old pile, and there's this silhouette of arms reaching out everywhere. It's pretty good. And then the next shot is Thanos at a very unflattering angle, just salivating all over the place while screaming that they must retreat. It's really melodramatic, but it also adds a bit of tension to this that I wasn't feeling on the last page. 
yeah, they're fighting, whatever, you know, but then you get here and you're like, oh, they're on top of a mountain of dead corpses. And that shot of Thanos actually kind of makes me a little anxious. I feel like there's something happening here. There's some emotion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I had to say about that. So back to the catacombs. (laughs) Yeah. So the catacombs, they kind of wander around a bit and then they find the matriarch who Magus had thrown down there a couple issues ago and she's just dying and they have a little weird heart to heart and then do they kiss or they just get close? I think they get close. I didn't see any actual kissing. No, they, they just get real snuggly and then she dies in his arms and he's like, weird. Yeah, she uh, tells him all kinds of things while staring in directions that isn't his face and trying to pose her face in a uh, very nice, you know, sort of mask of death. Well, and it's all weirdly colored. They don't get, it's all kind of in shadow and in almost yeah. black and white in some spots. It's an interesting little scene. Yeah. It's very intimate. And then after she dies, Warlock sort of rants for it. Why? Why? And then Thanos shows up and teleports them to his ship. And I'm not actually certain why he didn't do that in the first place. I mean, he says he can only do it one at a time and it takes concentration, blah, blah, blah. But it really mostly is excuses. And then we get two pages of another set of recap that is Captain Marvel stopping by to recap the... What was that? Seven or eight issue Captain Marvel Thanos Drax Cosmic mm-hmm. Cube tale in two pages. He does it pretty neatly. Yeah, it is surprisingly succinct. He definitely emphasizes his own sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we get back to Thanos' spaceship. Is this the first time we've seen the inside of Thanos' spaceship? I don't remember if we saw much of it in or any of it. I think this is the first time we've seen the spaceship as it stands. I believe that, and I could be very wrong, in the Captain Marvel series, we saw a glimpse of his spaceship, but not a lot. Just like him standing in it once, maybe. Yeah, I think it was mostly they were in like control rooms in Titan. Yeah, so maybe I that do was... like that they remember that space doesn't have to have gravity, so they've got like pit floating out. And Thanos is like, where are these magnetic boots, moron? Yeah, so you don't destroy my equipment, jerk. Which he conveniently puts on the walls and ceilings and floors, it looks like. Because, you know, why waste any of that space? Exactly. I mean, if you don't have a lot of space, build up. And I love that Thanos explains, I mean, it's almost a one-off. As you noticed, mentally phasing more than one at a time. It gets exhausting. (laughs) Right. This is why I let you guys go so I could distract them. And, oh, it sounds like he's covering for himself. Like, he thought that he could take all those guys on his own. He was going to be the big hero, and it didn't work. So he had to run away. And now he's just like, oh, that was all part of my plan. Thanos is a planner. But, yeah, so I like that they've got, you know, different angles of them them walking on different walls. And Pip finding a cigar magically? Well, yeah, apparently that button shoots out cigars. Why wouldn't you put that in your spaceship? It makes sense, especially if Pip's going to be there. So yeah, so we got a whole page that is Gamora's backstory. Mm-hmm. It's relatively simple in that there's a planet of her people, and the Magus's people come to convert them, and they refuse to join the Church of Universal Light, or whatever it's called, Universal Church of Light? Universal Church of Light. Yeah, Universal Church of Light. So instead, they all get destroyed, but, you know, Thanos teleports in, puts up a force field around just one small child, raises her, augments her. Did I actually talk about it? Yeah, endowed her with powers. Yeah, endowed her with powers that rival your own physical abilities. So we see very young Gamora, and then adult Gamora, and then, of course, her entire purpose that she's been raised for, she didn't quite make it. I will fulfill my destiny. Oh, shoot. You only get the one shot, too. She can't, you know, try again, because now 
Magus knows she existed. And then you have Thanos explaining more, and then you have Magus losing his mind at his general for losing three people in a very villainous sort of rant. I wonder how the general knew that that was Thanos. Did Thanos announce himself? I can imagine him mostly being like, I am Thanos while he's fighting. Let's see. Is that his war cry? I am Thanos. For Titan. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. Sure. Either that or, you know, I don't know if he'd actually be all that well known. I guess he sort of, he did all that recruiting on Alien Worlds back Mm -hmm. before he got the Cosmic Cube. So he's probably relatively well known. At least a household name. Yes. A spaceship hold name. (laughs) So yeah, losing his mind, more exposition. The in-betweener is not particularly well explained at this point. I believe this is the in-betweener's first appearance. He's uh, another Starlin creation. Mm -hmm. He's sort of supposed to be in between light and dark. One of these kind of the true neutral avatar in the law chaos. Yeah, he's true neutral. He's gray. He's both life and death, I think, was... Oh, spoilers. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, so his picture on... Uh, I don't think about having the trade is I don't know what the issue page numbers are. So, But the, the little picture you see of him is kind of black and white alternating. That's 19. Yeah. That's right, because this is near the end of this particular issue. So you get a little glimpse of him as... I'm, I don't know if that's Magus imagining what he looks like, or if we're just getting a, a view while Magus is talking... But just well, presumably, levels. the Mad just met the in-betweener, so remembers what he looks like. But yes, we conclude this issue with Warlock being ready to destroy his own soul. The bizarre death of Adam Warlock. It's a very final way of dealing with the problem. Sort of final. Not that final. Spoilers. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to give him guts for having you know, the courage to announce that your character will kill himself in the future. And then, as we will see later, follow through and kill himself in the future. (laughs) It's true. And I have to say, it must be a lot easier to kill your future self because you don't know that person yet. So it's not, I'm I'm assuming that like if Adam Warlock were to kill himself himself, that would be a brave sacrifice. But killing your future self is just like killing some random dude on the street. You don't know that guy. Except for he looks a lot like you and probably remembers most of the things you remember, and you've got some friends in common. But sure. <laughs> sure! Uh, oddly enough, he does not change his uniform between now and his future death. Or he did, and he changed it back. Sure. Lots of trip to the dry cleaners. This one has actual credits. Story layout, Jim Starlin. Finished art, Steve Leloha. Lettering, Tom Orzakowski. And editing, Marv Wolfman. Oh, yeah. Marv Wolfman, I mostly remember from Teen Titans. But yes. he's been around and done a lot of things i love that i don't know if this is the first time we see pip saying it or not but the holy goosh as his way of exclaiming things it comes up at least three times in this issue <laughs> okay that reminds me we need to make a list of guardians swear words well so it's do we want to be a pg rated podcast because we might have uh swore a little in the last episode or maybe the previous one i don't remember one of the episodes we Flipped around the order of we meaning Kit. <laughs> uh, I think I did too. So we can edit those out and replace them with you know swear words. It should be really bad ADR style too, like somebody else's voice entirely. <laughs> oh yeah, I get someone else to record them. Amazing. <laughs> but we need to get a list of these things like this because, like, I need to find. I know a rocket says like flatark or flatark or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I need to go find an instance of him saying something, or we could just have it. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> oh that tickles oh i love it i think that we should do it all 
it should it should just vary even within the episode just be a sure. chaos of i just need a good list of possibilities that i yeah. can take and put in okay. i volunteers tribute i will do my best to put something together okay so <laughs> yes i'm the one with the sailor mouth so holy goosh holy goosh magus has made some sort of portal into thanos's ship leading a horde of bad guys into it and there's lots and lots of fighting he has a death squad now well you know he's got those five thousand black knights but this is his elite troopers Hmm. it's interesting on the next page question what the blazes is going on and then we have more exposition well you know they can't presume that you've actually read warlock nine and ten before this sort of or strange tales number 178 I don't know yeah. what the release schedule was like for these, but I feel uh, that there was probably pretty, a time. Uh, no, they're pretty much monthly. I can actually look that up. So Strange Tales 180 was June 75. Strange Tales 181 was August 75. Then we have a little bit of a gap, and Warlock 9 is October 75. Okay, I guess there's a couple months between these. So Warlock 10 is December 75, and then Warlock 11 is February 76. So it makes a lot more sense in that context for there to be pages devoted to explaining the backstory. Yeah, but even when they were monthly, back then they didn't really assume people would always get every issue of a comic, and so they wanted to make sure that you could pick one up and get a good sense of the story. They were very nice about that. Now you just have an Yeah. I mean, this one has relatively little exposition compared to the one just before it, which seems like it was all exposition. Mm -hmm. But in the intense fighting, Thanos urges Warlock to use his soul gem, and then he finally lets go and sucks the soul out of dozens of these enemies. Thanos is definitely playing the little devil on the shoulder here. You gotta do it. To the point where he's literally behind him, and you just see his face over his shoulder. Mm Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, it, visually, it's incredible. Again, you're getting that emotion from it. You're starting to feel the, the stress of everything. <laughs> okay, so where were we? The power of the soul gem. And Adam steals the souls of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. At least seven, because you flip to the next page and like everyone's dead except for Gamora, Warlock, Thanos, and Magus. Why not Magus? Why have no you killed? Uh, probably Magus is immune to the soul gem power because he's got his own. That's too. That makes too much sense. Stop. <laughs> so I guess somewhere along the way, Thanos made a portal to the future to send Warlocks through. Yes, it, he had the time core or whatever it was, and that's why Magus came through with his Death Squad was to, yes, stop, to them. stop them. So the time between section is weird and starlingy. It looks like one of those levels in a video game that you really, really, really hate. Yeah, well, like, there's this pillar with eyes, there's lots of little paths and loops in space. Of course, he can sort of fly-ish. It's hard to tell. And Pip can, too. That's interesting. Or is Pip holding onto his leg? Both. Uh, I think he's holding onto his legs, yeah. It's kismet, Pip. Yeah, so he follows his trail to sometime in the near future. To commit cosmic suicide? To commit cosmic suicide. (laughs) It can't just be suicide, it has to be cosmic suicide. Yes. Meanwhile, Thanos and Magus are... uh, discussing why they oppose each other and do a bit of fighting. But then the in-betweener shows up in that weird time stream area. And again, he's half, he's very motley with the black and the white and the black and the white back and forth. Yeah. And he announces himself, I am the in-betweener. Well, of course. How else would everybody know who you are when you show up? No, it's it's perfect because (laughs) I have trouble keeping these things straight on occasion. And when they say every single time they're in the panel, I am the in-betweener, that just makes it so much easier for me to not actually be paying attention to the comic I'm reading. 
Yeah, as I've been reading ahead to future issues, when I find like a crowd scene and there's someone I don't recognize, I've been posting online and people are like, oh yeah, that's like Mockingbird or that was Speedball. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Why couldn't they have said it? Well, you know, this is when they do the big, you know, yeah. big crisis. So we've got a big crowd scene and not everyone actually gets any dialogue necessarily. They're just kind of along for the ride. I just want a little blurb under like at their feet or along their leg or whatever that says their name. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, really. So, yeah, so Warlock and the Retainer sort of have a kind of fight in this weird reality warped timescape. Something strange happens. Warlock tries to get him with the soul gem. And then he says, wait, no living being can resist the power of my soul gem. And then we hear about what the in-betweener actually is. Yet I can, for I am truly the in-betweener. He who walks betwixt all concepts, such as life and death, reality and illusion, good and evil, logic and emotion, God and man. All these things do I know and can affect, yet never do they touch me. chills. Yeah, does the in-betweener ever do anything exciting beyond this story? I'm not familiar with anything he's done, really. But that doesn't say a lot. So, yeah, the in-betweener tells Warlock he's got five minutes before his destiny arrives, which really seems like a long time for them to just be chilling together. And it's a very specific number. It's not four minutes and 58 seconds. Yeah, it's five minutes. It's five minutes, exactly. For this awkward, it's like inviting an employee out to lunch and then firing them before you actually order and then having to sit through a very awkward lunch. (laughs) Well, just have to wait for this five minutes to pass, and then we can start killing each other. (laughs) Sorry, man. So how's that weather? (laughs) You really let yourself go in the future, man. That uh, electro hairdo? That was a thing, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we skip over to Thanos and Magus still sapping energy back at each other. Half his spaceship looks to be blown apart. So Gamora's like, this is just way too much for me. I'll slip out. And I love that. Magus keeps insulting Thanos and calling him craggy or rock-like in some way. And it's kind of hilarious that he's trying to needle him with these insults. And Thanos is just like, nope, mm -mm, not going to happen. Yep. And Gamora, she has some self-appreciating dialogue, I guess you could say. She refers to herself as, it appears you've got your buxom young self out of this section of the space arc just in time. (laughs) Yeah, well, she knows who she is. I think I'll haul my pretty green hide out among the stars for safekeeping. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. She is the deadliest woman in the galaxy. It's true. No, it's great. She's got some confidence. I'm into it. And then we go back to Warlock. Well, on the next page, you start getting alternating between Warlock playing with his own lifeline and then scenes of Magus and Thanos fighting each other. And the idea of purifying something came up again. Thanos mentioned that when talking about Gamora's homeworld being purified by Magus. And then Warlock talks about purifying his own timeline. It's interesting. Yeah, and then once again, we've got this kind of countdown, zoom in on faces in between her Warlock, Magus, Thanos, and I don't know, some sort of butterfly star. <laughs> and once again, Thanos has something weird in his eyes or his mouth. Uh, yeah, this time he sort of like has a skull in his mouth. I think it's I mean, supposed to be kind of symbolic, but I'm not really sure. It's it's death, right? He carries death with him. Ah, okay. Maybe. That makes sense. I mean, we all have a skeleton inside, but... But, death, or, but Thanos has death in his heart. Yes. Somewhere a year, maybe two years into the future, Warlock appears and finds a kind of injured and weeping Warlock. You. So my time has really come. You know why I'm here? Then you must also realize I've no desire to do what I must do. He calls himself an idealistic buffoon. I love that 
every single time somebody goes into the future, their future self calls their past self some kind of like ignorant moron <laughs> in every... Anyway, sorry. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And Warlock is, let's see, future Warlock says... My final moments are upon me. I am dying, and you have come to steal my soul so that it will never become the foe I defeated those long months ago. Months? I didn't realize it had happened such a short time ago. Short time? I love that it's just slipped in, that everything goes really bad really quick. Everyone I've ever loved now lies dead. My life has been a failure. I welcome its end. Man, that's deep. Oh, well, and then, you know, past Warlock goes, eh, you know, if that's what you want, sure. Okay. But interesting enough, he kills him with the soul gem. So. <laughs> Which never seems to be permanent. Uh, it's pretty permanent for most people that aren't Adam Warlock. And it is a good long time that Warlock is dead. Yeah. I mean, he continues on after this because we get to get to that future. But after the actual death, let's see, that's here in December of 77. And then he's not resurrected again until. March of 91. So that's a good 14 years of just solid, quiet death. Yeah, that's impressive, actually. Oh, I think we do get a glimpse of him in uh, 82 at the death of Captain Marvel. We'll get to that. And you're right. What you said earlier, um, Starlin says, hey, I'm killing this character. Hang on for the ride and he will eventually die. And then he actually does it. And uh, there's no getting out of it. There's no backing up. Nothing. Well, now there will be. But (laughs) he actually kills himself. they retcon it to have not happened. He dies and goes into the soul gym. Yeah, he dies, and then there's some hand waving, and that doesn't mean he's actually dead, and he's back again. Yeah, I mean, it's more than that. I mean, they, they, we'll, we'll get to the resurrection. They, yeah. they play it actually pretty well. It's not just like, oh, by the way, I mean, not like, you know, Thanos here who died yeah, at a the end of that Cartmarver story. And now he's back. But they explain. Yeah, he, well, he didn't die. He just became not a god and then was somewhere in space. Right. He was in between. And then you have Thanos explaining his whole, well, we come to a place where they're, where the Universal Church of Truth or Church of Light, which one is it? Uh, Universal Church of Truth. I think I might have said light early, but yeah, Universal Church of Truth. Where it never existed, or at least it doesn't hold power over everybody. And Thanos goes on to explain that he has done all of this because he has death. And now that life is destroyed, death will win. <laughs> and you go, wait, he's a bad guy? Well, we kind of knew he was a bad guy for that time when he, you know, wanted to become a god to impress death. But uh, it should be noted that, you know, what he says is, uh, yes, Gamora, Mage's existence has been terminated. Gamora's like, yes, yet I still remember him, as will Warlock and Pip, because they, like us, with the very eye of the explosive reshuffling of time. And so we'll recall what all other living beings will never know. And then he's got a bunch of thoughts about all the terrible things he's going to do. But he doesn't tell Gamora that. He just says, come, Gamora, we have much to do. Oh, you're right. It's their thought bubbles. They're not speech bubbles. That's yeah. Not. He's very careful about what he tells Gamora, which is very Thanos-like. So, And then the final page, Pip and Warlock kind of appear on Homeworld, but without the Universal Church, although there's some other church. And then they see that now the matriarch is still alive, although she's not probably called the matriarch. And they're like, hey, let's go get to drinking. Hey, I could use a pint. And I love that Warlock doesn't... I keep saying I love something. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Um, You're supposed to love this. This is great. <laughs> so Warlock sees the matriarch, which, okay, she might not be the matriarch. But then he doesn't tell Pip about it. And you have to wonder, if something fishy is going on here, or the possibility of something fishy happening, wouldn't you want to tell your companion? 
So wait, wasn't Pip there when Matrix died? Uh huh. So he should have remembered who she was. I, it's Pip, so I'm assuming that he, all humans look alike to him. Fair. Or he's not really paying too much attention. Though oddly enough, I think at some point in the future we will learn that Pip was actually might be the next yes. issue that we get to learn Pip's backstory. Because yes. So that's a good question. Do we want to cover uh, Warlock twelve to fourteen? I mean, I don't mind. I like Adam Warlock. If you want to, we can. It's okay. All yeah. right. Then yeah, we will talk about Pip later. Woo Pip. He's actually, if you go back and reread everything with Warlock and Pip, he's so much funnier if he has a quote-unquote dwarven accent. (laughs) The not-quite-Scottish accent that dwarves get in the movies. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Warlock and Pip are going to be together for quite some time in the future. Like I said, when I first read just skipping into 180, I didn't realize that Pip was only introduced like one issue before that. Right. Would recommend reading 179. It's got Pip yeah, in it. I, I did read it. We just didn't officially cover it. But yes, the Warlock by Jim Starlin complete collection trade is an awesome thing to grab. Although, of course, it's also on Marvel Unlimited. So lots of good stuff. Agreed. Any other final thoughts? Sorry, I accidentally skipped ahead. <laughs> you know, as much as I felt like I was kind of slogging through these three issues, I did enjoy getting to see what will eventually be the end of Warlock for a while and getting to have that twist with Thanos at the end where you realize that he's actually not trying to help anybody. He's the quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. He's just eliminating another possible threat to his reign. Exactly. So it's totally worth it. It is very wordy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mostly like when you, if you've been reading along up to it, you can skip a lot of the recap stuff and that helps smooth it along. Uh, yeah, they're good issues. I liked it. I, I mean, like I said, good on you, Starlin, for actually killing off your character. Yeah, it might be Starlin who brings them back in 14 years, but whatever. 14 years is a really long time. It is Wolverine, true. Wolverine's been dead for less than a year, and they're bringing him back. So Are they already bringing him back? Yeah, when they relaunch Marvel, apparently. I thought when they relaunched, they were going to have X-23 as Wolverine. Ooh, my info might be wrong. What I don't get is, is there's going to be an Old Man Logan title, and there's going to be all-new Wolverine with X-23. So I don't really know what Old Man Logan is going to be, if it's like in current time or like some future thing or who knows. But yeah, I mean, eventually Wolverine will come back because he's Wolverine. But I like the idea of X-23 being Wolverine for a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, the, the whole summer, Marvel's been on hiatus with this Battle World thing, so it's kind of like, come on, I want to get back to the more important stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Battle World was great. Can we start doing actual comics again, please? Um, I might have seen the Old Man Logan title as announced and then thought that they were bringing him back. So but... yeah, I've just seen the covers because I got a preview mag mm-hmm. that had like all the number ones that are coming soonish. I think that actually should start showing up this month or yeah, I think later this month. But yeah, Battle World was much longer than I expected it to be. Yeah, they're doing Old Man Logan War Zones five issue series December 8th. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, well, anyway, yeah. So good on him for killing off Warlock. You know, it doesn't happen terrifically often. And even if he does bring him back, it's a respectable amount of time that I think it counts, really. No, yeah, definitely. That's a big, big long time. Next episode, I think we're going to look at the origins of Star Lord and the brief 
but first appearance of Rocket Raccoon. Beautiful. Then we can come back and do some more Warlock because we love him. And then we'll have some more Drax. Because we love him. Because we love him. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cosmic Tales. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can email guardians at cosmictales.com, find us on Twitter at Cosmic Tales, or leave a review on iTunes. Join us next episode where we will meet Star-Lord and Rocky.